Hey everybody, my name is Mike, and this is Conservative Swag. This is a podcast about the political and historical issues of the day and just how much trouble the United States is in. It's an effort to save our country from the left, especially the radicals who've hijacked the Democrat Party, the presidency, and now the United States. I'm doing it because we've got to do something to save our country. I hope you enjoy. So today I'd like to talk about the Joe Biden World Summit Zoom meeting. I don't know how the hell you have a Zoom meeting with 110 countries on one call. Sounds like a Democrat-run operation. But today I want to talk about, you know, I was uh, I was sitting here today and I thought, man, I've got to go find something to talk about this week. And this Zoom meeting seemed like a good thing. So I, I typed in Joe Biden Zoom meeting and this popped up. It is an article by James Traub. It was written today, December 8th. And it came out at 3.31 a.m. And clearly this guy had way too much time on his hands. This article is a 24-minute read. And this dude loves to let you know how smart he is because he uses a bunch of words I've never heard of. And I'm not claiming to be the smartest dude in the room. I mean, I went to college. I have a master's degree, and that doesn't make me super smart or anything. But there's some of these words I read, and I was like, what the hell is that word? So I'm going to go through this article because it is the biggest batch of bullshit that you could possibly listen to. And I hope James Traub is not a conservative because if he is, I think he sucks at it. So like I said, going to talk a little bit about this article. And, and basically the gist of this article is trying to spread democracy throughout the world. And this guy sounds like he's just totally opposed to it. So, so like I said, going to read a little bit, then going to uh, give you some uh, expert analysis on on how much BS it is, and we'll go from there. So this article starts by this. Joe Biden has never put much stock in America's self-assigned mission to foster democracy uh, abroad. He didn't think the United States could reform the autocratic regime in Saigon, talking about during the Vietnam War. And then years later, he did not expect much of a similar effort in Iraq or Afghanistan. So let's start right there. First of all, Naturally, Joe Biden doesn't put a lot of stock in America's self-assigned mission of fostering democracy abroad. What is wrong with that? What is wrong with wanting other countries to have a government where the people of that country get to choose their leaders? They get to elect their leaders. They get a say in their laws. They don't just answer only to the government. It's a, it's a government where the government answers to the people. Why would anybody be opposed to that unless that was a person who had spent the vast majority of their life in government and they think they ought to have the authority. That is Joe Biden, 47 years in government before he became the so-called president of the United States. And he doesn't believe in the idea of spreading democracy throughout the world. And here's the next thing, as far as the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, as part of the war on terror I'm sorry, but I still don't apologize for that on behalf of George W. Bush. If we all remember after 9-11, there weren't a lot of Americans, except for liberals, opposed to going into these other countries and getting rid of the guys who were promoting terrorism around the world. But Joe Biden was. Shocker. If one were to place American presidents of the last century along a spectrum of missionary democratization, which is a weird word to use, anyways. With idealists like Woodrow Wilson and George W. Bush at one end, and realist skeptics like Richard Nixon, Richard Nixon and George H. W. Bush, the elder, at the other, Biden would fit most comfortably with the realist, though he certainly is more sensitive to human rights violations than they were. Lordy, lordy, where do I start on that? 
Okay, so let me just first comment this way to talk about idealists like Woodrow Wilson and George W. Bush. Now, you may not be the biggest George W. Bush fan in the world. I was probably a bigger fan of him while he was president than I am now because now I look back and I realize how he just never had the balls to say no to Democrats. Let the Democrats have everything they wanted. Let them just spend all the money they wanted. Let them put laws into place, which led to the the Great Recession, by the way. But having said that, to compare him and Woodrow Wilson, keep in mind, Woodrow Wilson was the president who viewed the first film to be played in the White House, and it was a film called The Birth of a Nation, which was a film about the KKK. He was a segregationist. And you're comparing George W. Bush to that guy. That, that is such a crock. It, it's just crazy. But to say that Biden compares more with Richard Nixon or George H.W. Bush. So let's talk about George H.W. Bush. Here's a guy who, when he became president, implemented the largest tax increase in American history, which in turn then led to a recession, which in turn led to the election of Bill Clinton. Or Richard Nixon, a president who created the EPA or signed the legislation that created the EPA. But the third thing is to say that Joe Biden is certainly more sensitive to human rights violations than they were. So let's talk about human rights violations. Because if you want to you go to the heart of human rights violations, China would be a good place to start. And Joe Biden refuses to deal with China. Joe Biden refuses to stand up to China. China is his best friend. It's made him, his kids, or his drug-addicted kid, or whoever it is, made him a lot of money. And Joe Biden has refused to bite that hand, despite the fact that China violates human rights every single day. And countries who are not democratic, countries who are autocratic or communist or whatever you want to call them, he refuses to stand up to them. So don't tell me how this idiot, this dementia-filled idiot with a drug-addicted son you're telling me that guy cares about human rights? Joe Biden doesn't care about human rights. If he did, he'd end the welfare state. That has destroyed the black family. This is the same guy who during the campaign said, if you're thinking about voting for Trump, then you ain't black. And you want to tell me how much he loves human rights and he's worried about human rights violations. Moving on. Biden seems to have been mugged by reality. This president has taken office at a moment when a democratic future in the United States can no longer be taken for granted. He sees the fundamental struggle of our times as the face-off between autocracy and democracy. So, so here we go. Yeah, you know what? The democratic future of the United States is in jeopardy. I will be the first to admit that. But let's not forget why it's in jeopardy. Because you have a president who got into office on a stolen election. And, and you can tell me all you want. Well, there's no proof. There's proof. Is it anything that a court could take up or would take up at this point? No, it's not. I'm sorry, but even Democrats aren't so damn stupid that they can't admit there was something weird going on. I've seen the video of the places where they were handed around uh, flash drives. That's the threat to democracy. The threat to democracy is the fact that you got to get ID'd to buy beer. 
You got to get ID'd to buy tobacco. You got to get ID'd to buy vape juice. But if you want to elect the leader of the free world, you don't need an ID for that. These guys are all about ballot harvesting. They're all about mail-in voting, which is the most insecure way or unsecured way to elect leaders. If you believed in democracy, why would you not go out of your way to do everything you can to protect the electoral process? And these guys like to sit back and act like Republicans because they thought there was something fishy about this election, that they're the threat to democracy. Next, Biden hopes to reassert American faith in democracy after four years in which former President Donald Trump toadied, T-O-A-D-I-E-D. I've never even heard that word. What are you talking about, fucking frogs or something? It basically means he aligned himself with dictators or two dictators to lead the world's democracies in the struggle with autocratic states above all China for the hearts and minds of the world's citizens. You know, the fact that Donald Trump had the balls to look at China and say, you're stealing intellectual properties, and that's wrong. And our trade deals are lopsided in your favor, and we want them more fair, because that's wrong, that they were slanted in China's favor. How is that something that ate away at, at Americans' faith in democracy. You act as if Donald Trump came to office and his very existence was a threat to democracy. Explain that to me. In what way? In what way? What, because he beat your anointed Hillary Clinton? Because that idiot couldn't walk from a sidewalk to a van without having to be held up by four Secret Service agents? Or the fact that she is the one who started the whole Russia hoax? That she had a server in her, what, what her barn? That's the stuff that erodes people's faith in democracy and the fact that she did it and she's gotten away with it scot-free. How is that on Donald Trump? I don't understand that. I need somebody smarter than me, I guess, which isn't a stretch. It doesn't take a lot of people. Someone explain that to me. In this effort, which begins in the coming days, but will last a full year, it takes these dumbasses a full year to have a summit. Jeez. It should fulfill even a part of these hopes. Biden would be remembered as the FDR-like figure whom he aspires to be. Well, let me tell you, if any of you have not listened to my podcast on FDR, or it really wasn't on FDR, it was on the New Deal, and how the United States stayed in the Great Depression longer because FDR, who was an idiot when it came to the economy, even his own mother said, Franklin doesn't know anything about running a business or running an economy because he had everything handed to him growing up. The guy did not do well in his business classes at Harvard or Yale or wherever he went. The guy was a moron. And Joe Biden, who's already got to the moron stage of life, he wants to be like FDR. Here is a guy who took over the presidency in, what, 1933, and everybody likes to say, well, he ended the Great Depression, and he did not. World War II ended the Great Depression. You say, well, the Great Depression started to end in 1940. Yes, it did. You want to know why? Because we knew we were going to be in World War II, and we started building up, and that put people back to work. A lot of his programs were horrible. Like I said, please go listen to my podcast. I explain all this, and this is the guy that Joe Biden wants to be remembered as. You know, FDR is remembered fondly, but it's also how he led us into World War II. And I will say, as a wartime president, I actually have a lot more respect for him in that way. But to say that FDR was one of the greatest presidents ever is a freaking joke. Moving on. 
Do summits achieve such heights? Certainly the Glasgow Climate Summit, which concluded last month, did not. I fear the administration will have labored mightily and brought forth a Glaswegian mouse. I don't know what the hell that means. We're talking about a summit regarding democracy, and we're talking democracy and how we're going to be remembered about human rights. And this guy brings up climate change. Climate change. And I got news for you. I have not looked at a single poll, but somehow I think when Americans wake up in the morning, I think there's less than 15%, 10% of them that wake up and go, holy shit, is today the day the world ends because our climate is just going to kill us all? Or because of climate change. And these people act like it's the most important issue out there. You know who it's important to? A bunch of people who are stupid. Oh, Lord. Owing in part to matters like the pandemic over which Joe Biden had no control. No kidding. And neither did Donald Trump. You know what Donald Trump tried to do to control it? He tried to to restrict travel. And you know what happened when he restricted travel? Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi... Chuck Schumer, all these liberals called him a racist for doing it. And then, what, a week or so ago when the Omicron or whatever new COVID virus came out, what Joe Biden do? He restricted travel to Africa. Hey, guess what Africa has a lot of? Black people. Not one person called him a, a racist. Not one person. Nancy Pelosi, none of them. Tell me why that is. Why was he not a racist when Donald Trump was? And the Omicron variant is, from what I understand, far less lethal than the original virus. But nobody says anything about Joe Biden. Here's the next thing I'll point out. Is I remember when we were having the presidential debates during the election last year. And Joe Biden blamed Donald Trump for the fact that more than 200,000 Americans had died from the virus. In fact, I've got the article. It was on thehill.com. Democratic nominee Joe Biden blamed President Trump for the COVID death toll Tuesday night, arguing that more than 200,000 people in the United States are dead because the president failed to take the virus serious. Biden drew attention to the comments Trump made privately to veteran journalist Bob Woodward in February that he knew the coronavirus was more deadly than the flu, even though he said otherwise publicly. He said, it is what it is because you are who you are. I don't know what the hell that means. Um, the president has no plan. He knew way back in February February how serious this crisis was. Okay, so let's talk about that. Why would you start a panic? Your job as president is to reassure people how good things are, how things are going to be fine, and so on and so forth. And that's what Donald Trump did. Donald Trump cleared the way for these vaccines to be created. Now, I'm not saying the vaccines are the greatest thing since sliced cheese, because clearly they're not. But here's the thing. Who knew? It's called a novel virus. We didn't know anything about it. Nobody knew how to handle it. Nobody knew how to react to it. It wasn't even our damn virus. So I have no problem with the way that was all handled. The economy was shut down. Didn't need to be. Fans were taken out of the stands at professional and collegiate events. Didn't need to be. None of that was Trump's fault. And again, I go back to what was our world doing before Trump came along? We had the greatest economy maybe ever. And that was because of Donald Trump. If Joe Biden had been in charge, none of that would have been happening. Okay, moving forward. Biden may have been right about the limits of what America can do to foster democracy abroad, 
The protection of democracy at home is, her, is a heroic enough task all by itself. Why is it so heroic? Why are we limited on what we can do? You can't change the world in one big fell swoop. You cannot do that. You can't do it all at once. You know what it is? It's little battles. It's little battles. For example, the war on terror was a little battle. It was big to us here in the United States, but in the big scheme of things, we were taking on one little country at a time, dealing with stuff, and you know what? As a result, we've had no terrorist attacks on American soil by people other than Americans in 20 years. We haven't had a big major event. Think about all the major events we had going on, not just in the United States, but around the world prior to the war on terror. That stuff's not been going on. Why? Because... George W. Bush, to his credit, showed that he was strong and he was going to lead us and we were going to kill whoever was against us. And that's just changing our little part of the world. And after you're done doing that, you know what? You move on, you change the next part. But here's why we struggle so much at home. Because you have socialists like Barack Obama getting elected president, totally screwing our economy. And you say, well, we had the Great Recession when he became president. That's fine. We got past it. And for eight years, he could not get the economy growing. And he looked at Americans and said, well, hey, our days of prosperity are probably over. Wasn't a problem for Donald Trump. But he's not a socialist and he's not a communist. Communists, uh, like Black Lives Matter. That is a Marxist communist group. You think that's cruel for me to say it? I've said it on one of my other podcasts. Their own founders will tell you that. They are a Marxist group. And these groups and their activities, the riots we had a year and a half or so ago during the summertime yeah they're a challenge to democracy it's not republicans causing that problem the next thing this article says it says it's it's just as obvious that the world's getting less democratic as it is that it's getting hotter okay who gives two shits that it's getting hotter you know what it means if it get the world gets a little bit hotter you know what happens growing seasons last longer there's more arable land we can feed more people there's actually some positives that come out of it but you know, here's the next thing, NASA. NASA tells us there is no crisis. The polar ice caps are expanding. And here's the, you know, and when NASA says things aren't a crisis, those guys are like the smartest cats on earth. Who do you think I'm gonna listen to? It's not this dick writing this article thinking he's a journalist or some senile and dementia ridden president. I'm just fine with it. Freedom's House Annual Index of Democracy has been declining for 15 consecutive years. The group notes that nearly 75% of the world's population live in a country that faced deterioration last year. No shit. Especially in the United States. We went from a president who believed in free enterprise, a president who believed in democracy, to a president who believes in socialism, and a president who supports Groups like Black Lives Matter, a Marxist group, yes, we have challenges. It's not because of anybody other than Joe Biden's very own party. The secularism and rationalism that rose with industrial society has helped to engender an intense secretarian spirit, oh, here you go, turbocharged by new technologies that spread disinformation instantly and sort people into self-enclosed cognitive worlds. So let me see if I can uh, explain that one. That sounds a lot like social media. I love how Democrats gripe about social media because there's disinformation, which is to say Republicans out there telling people what's really going on because you're not going to hear it from Democrats. But these very platforms are controlled by Democrats, and they're, and they're pissed about it. 
It's almost like they thought they were going to create these liberal havens for liberals to go gripe about Trump and liberals to talk about all their bullshit. And somehow, Republicans figured out how to type and communicate on social media. And so that's disinformation. You want to talk about disinformation in the world that has been spread because of social media, because of these different platforms, because of the ability to spread news throughout the globe in a hurry? Let me give you some examples of disinformation. The Russia hoax started by Democrats. Birtherism, started by Democrats. Uh, Hillary Clinton, to be exact. The January 6th insurrection, right after Donald Trump said, we're going to peacefully, we're going to march down there and peacefully protest. It wasn't like Donald Trump started that. And that rumor and that bullshit and that narrative is, is continued and it's spread by Democrats. Global warming, Democrats. Reaganomics, the poor get poor, the rich get richer. Bull. Democrats. FDR and the New Deal is what ended the Great Depression. No, it didn't. That theory is carried on by Democrats. This is all disinformation. The war on poverty. It wasn't done to help people out. It was done to destroy the black family. And again, I've said it before. It's a calculated move by Democrats. Biden, by contrast, hopes to protect or preserve democracy where it already exists. The hell he does. Let me tell you something. Someone who believes in democracy believes that every citizen has a vote and that we have laws that we have to abide by. And some of those laws do limit votes. For example, you have to register to vote. You have to show an ID. We're trying to protect the integrity of the election. Biden doesn't want that. Democrats don't want that. We have laws we have to live by. Really? Well, the rioters, not last summer, but the summer before. We didn't mind that going on, but a bunch of Republicans riot in Washington, D.C., and oh my gosh, it's just a threat to democracy. What the hell do you think those Black Lives Matters riots were? There is no easy argument to make at a time when China has achieved a sustained economic growth at a rate unprecedented in modern history. So in other words, you can't make a really good argument for free enterprise and capitalism and democracy like we have here in the United States when you look at China and they've got all this money. So what I would recommend is I have a podcast on socialism and I would certainly recommend you go listen to it because I actually addressed this very issue in that and I'll rehash it real quick. Israel, after they became a country, they experimented with socialism and for about the first 15 years or so, their economy expanded at a really good rate. And then it started to die off. What kept it going was they then got into a war. And so it bought them another eight or 10 years of sustained growth. And then the next thing you know, they have high inflation, high unemployment, high debt. They can't get their economy going. And Ronald Reagan swooped in and said, we'll help you out, get out of all the socialism stuff. They did. Their economy took off. And here they are just fine. What happens when a country moves to socialism completely immediately is their economy will do real well they've got all this money they they take off they do well and then what happens under socialism you run out of other people's money and so when that happens then the economies begin to tail off china their economy sucked until they introduced capitalism into their economy they are socialist or they are a communist country that has a little bit of capitalism mixed in there but there are actually signs that their economy is starting to slow down. So again, for the first several years, their economy did well. 
But here's another thing that China does. When you, when you sit here and say there's no easy argument to make, there is an easy argument to make as to why China is doing so well. They steal intellectual property, and the government gets to keep that money. They set up really one-sided trade agreements with other countries. Their government owns all the money, and they keep it all. Look at how many people live in absolute poverty over there. In addition to the fact they don't have rights, and you want to defend China versus a democracy. That doesn't make any sense. The biggest problem with our democracy is our government won't stay out of the way. The biggest problem with our economy, like right now, we're sitting at 6.2% inflation. I believe the next report's supposed to come out here in a couple of days. What do you want to bet it's close to 7 or over 7? And that's because the government's getting in the way. This is no easy argument to make at a time when China has achieved sustained economic growth at a rate unprecedented in modern history. It is by no means obvious that democracies work better than non-democracies. The language of American exceptionalism now has a nostalgic ring because the United States is arguably no longer either world's most powerful country or its most effective democracy. So let's just tear this one apart a little bit at a time. If you want to go back, I have a podcast on socialism. I recommend you listen to it because it. I talk about this very thing. Any country that tries socialism, initially, they do real well. Their GDP's up. They do real well. And then what happens? After 10, 15 years, whatever, they start to run out of everybody else's money, which is what happens. And then their economies begin to crash. This happened in Israel. President Reagan, Reagan made them get out of it. They did. Their economy boomed. The United States, when Reagan became president, did away with a lot of democratic policies. The economy boomed. Margaret Thatcher took over in the UK, did away with socialist policies. The economy boomed. As far as the language of American exceptionalism has a nostalgic ring, and that the United States is no longer the world's most powerful country, or its most effective democracy, first of all, it is an effective democracy when the liberals get out of the way. What has been wrong with some of our democratic processes? It is liberals cheating on elections, trying to take over the economy with health care. And as far as being the most powerful, we're not by choice. We have a bunch of liberals who want to downsize our military. We have a bunch of people afraid to have a strong military. And do the research that's necessary. How is it that China can have a supersonic missile? The United States doesn't have one yet because Joe Biden says it costs too much. In an extraordinary cable this summer to all diplomatic posts, Secretary of State Blinken urged officials to be fully candid about America's shortcomings when raising issues of democracy and human rights abroad. Good Lord. We ask no more of other countries than we ask of ourselves. Okay, I am so sick. We talk about America's shortcomings. Look at how some people live in Indonesia and work at the Nike sweatshops, $1.25 a day. Look at how people live in China in their sweatshops. I don't know what they get paid. It's probably not a lot. Look at how people live in Venezuela. Look at how people have lived in Cuba. Go around the world and look at the countries who do not have the government we have and look at how these people live and then tell me about the United States and our shortcomings. You know, there's this old saying that if, you have a, uh, if, if you're not griping about your job, then that means you don't have a job because there's always something that could be better. There, there always is. There always will be. But in the United States, we have what you call first-class problems. Our problems are nothing compared to all these other countries. So, you know, I could keep going. You know, 
you know, here's the thing about this article. This guy, I would hate to get in a conversation with him because I have a feeling he loves to hear himself talk. I am on page seven of 17 pages of this article. And I I, I could keep going, guys. This some bitch sits there and just babbles on and on using fancy words so people think he's smart. Like I said, words I've never even freaking heard of. But there's just so much bullshit to what he's talking about. And I can't just, I just, I can make this thing an hour and a half long, continue to break it down. I, I just, I don't think I can stomach it. So here, I'm going to read a couple more things and then, then we'll, we'll wrap it up for today. Here's one of the things that he said that I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Biden had specified during the campaign that the commitments he sought would fall into three categories. Are you ready for these? Because these are doozies. Number one, fighting corruption. Let me repeat that. Joe Biden said that one of his commitments or one of his three categories of commitments is fighting corruption. Joe Biden, daddy of Hunter Biden. This guy is one of the most corrupt individuals I've ever heard of. And the reason he gets away with it is because he probably is actually has always been fairly likable. I mean, Joe Biden hits me as just kind of a goofy old dude with dementia. But he's as corrupt as they get, and that's probably part of the reason he's been able to get away with it. His second one was defending against authoritarianism. You know, that's whatever. But the last one is advancing human rights. Keeping in mind this guy supports China, as if China is known for their protection of human rights. It's just mind-boggling. I've said it before. I say it in my opening, and it is just how scary today's world is. This effort foundered in the face of united Republican opposition and the unwillingness of key Democrats to eliminate or modify the filibuster. Who put the filibuster in? Democrats. Democrats put it in. And for years, Republicans were the biggest bunch of bitches and putties and wouldn't do away with the filibuster until they absolutely had to. And by the way, there's nothing in the Constitution that says we got to have a filibuster. Get rid of it. But you just better remember Republicans are going to use it because when they get back in power, and they will, whatever the depth of Biden's own commitment, Republican leaders and their voters seem content to let democracy sink as long as the Democrats go down with it. How can you possibly claim that Republicans don't want democracy? Republicans want very little government. Republicans want the people to have freedom and to choose their leaders. That is the exact definition of it. Democrats are the ones who want the government to run people's lives and tell them what they can do and tell them what they can't do. Unbelievable. Unfucking believable. Robert Keegan's Washington Post essay suggesting that by 2024, America might well experience incidents of mass violence, a breakdown of federal, federal authority. In other words, we can't take power away from the government. Who wants democracy? Republicans. This guy's promoting federal power federal authority it is supposed to be a government of the people by the people for the people it's not supposed to be you know the people working for the government it's the government working for the people the collapse of democratic norms that got trump elected you know what the democrat that's the democrat party norms in other words hillary was the anointed one which she should have been elected you can't claim that he cheated on that election the russia hoax that's been proven that that was not Trump. That was Hillary Clinton making that shit up. And then it says, and it might get him reelected. 
you're right. You've pissed off a bunch of people by destroying this country, and you're damn right. You better get ready for it because the Trump train is going to come back around.